Have you ever wondered what it might be like to have like a dramatic transformation in your life? I mean, a lot of us have watched uh, people spiral downward. You know, we've got friends, family, people we've known who we've, we've just kind of watched them drive off a cliff with their life, maybe, or maybe we've done that personally. But the idea of watching somebody do the exact opposite. Wow. I get to introduce you to somebody like that today. This is Stephanie and she's had a dramatic transformation and we get to hear all about it. My name is Gabe Kolstad. I'm with Westside Community Church and this is the midweek motivation episode of the Westside podcast. And I cannot wait for you to meet and learn from Stephanie Tripp. Welcome, Stephanie. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. You've had such a dramatic turnaround in your life. And, you know, I think every Everyone who knows you is like, wow, what <laughs> yeah, is going on? Yeah. Yeah. They just can't believe it. Yeah. So to unpack a little bit of that for us, what's your story? And maybe in yeah. a nutshell, um, if you could do it that quick. <laughs> Let me see if I can do it in a nutshell. <laughs> um, I grew up at home with two alcoholic parents. Okay. And um, until we were 12, my mom was very active in our school system and she mm-hmm. was very there for us, my sister and I. Um, she's about two and a half years younger. And once I hit the age of 12 was when my mom ended up going back to work. Okay. Um, and my sister and I were kind of on our own to uh, fend for ourselves throughout the day. And, okay. Um, we were expected, you know, to have the house clean, even though we didn't know how to do that because we were not shown <laughs> that. Yeah. 12 uh, years old. Yeah. Have the house clean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was 10. I was 12. And- <laughs> Everybody has different definitions <laughs> of clean, right? Yeah. Right. Ours was a lot different than my mom's. <laughs> so there was um, a lot of fighting at home and it was just mm. really not a, not a very safe or loving loving home environment mm-hmm. for us. So to escape that, um, once I hit the age of 15, I was off to the races. I was, you know, ready to just go out party um, and started blackout drinking. And Wow, when you were 15? Yeah, I was 15. Wow. And it was... And, 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 and was that something that then, like because your mom was working a lot and, you know, you were sort of more or less on your own, nobody was really there to stop you. Well, no, yes and no. Um, My dad, he was, he was gone a lot. He was barely ever home. He did uh, trucking and so he drove truck, but my mom thought it would be safer if we drank at home versus going out. Oh, wow. So actually it was a lot of times at my house where we would have the parties and um, that's when I got involved in, um, you know, the sex and the drugs and, and yeah, the drinking Mm. and it got really really bad um i was drinking and driving and just yeah spiraling on downhill um just to kind of try to fill the void of not having not having family around not Mm -hmm. having my parents around and i didn't really know how how to live you know so i just turned to what i felt was good at the time and was fun and ended up uh, ruining uh, my life or so I thought. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So backing up just a little bit, yeah. was your family like, was there a faith background? Um, we, we believed in God. Uh-huh. We didn't attend church often when we did. It was mainly my sister and I would attend with my grandparents Okay, and they went to, um, it was in Hillsboro, the old Scotch church out there and the Presbyterian church. And so we would go out there with them and we, we enjoyed it. And my dad, you know, he was a believer and so was my mom. We prayed at dinner time, okay. but that was pretty much the extent of our faith. I see. Yeah. Okay. So not super active. Um, 
and involved at that time. Yeah. So through high school, I mean, how, how did you function doing those things in your sophomore, junior, senior year, et cetera? Yeah. Um, thankfully I was really book smart. So I was able to, um, without much work, you know, just kind of breeze by and wow. get my A's and B's. And my friends couldn't believe it. They're like, this is BS. I'm at school every day working so hard and you're out getting drunk and getting A's. Like, oh, wow. So um, I, I had a really easy time, I feel like, as far as getting through school um, with keeping up with the drinking. And I didn't get hangovers like my friends did. So I could drink, out drink them and drink all night and then go to school and then then go to work after school and do it all over again. So that's when I realized that there was something different between me and my friends mm. and the way of um, the drinking world goes. Um, by the time I was 17, uh, my dad and mom got divorced. Okay. Um, finally, a long time coming. <laughs> my sister and I always talk about how we wish they would have done that previously, but, uh, um, well, that's an interesting thing to say. So you, you say that because why? Yeah. They, uh, their relationship was very, very toxic. Um, the only time we saw mom and dad interact was really when they were fighting. Mm. Otherwise, they just wouldn't talk to each other yeah. at all. So, and my dad absolutely loved my mom. He adored her. Um, and she just, did not give him the love he deserved. And so we grew up seeing that relationship and building our relationships from that. And so every romantic relationship I've had since, um, I've treated my partner very terribly. Um, and I'm not a very affectionate person or compassionate. And I never really understood why until the last five, six years. And I'm like, Oh, well, that was what was modeled to me. Okay. So once Makes they sense. divorced, I was like, Whew, okay, <laughs> well, now, you know, things will be different. So uh, dad was still drinking and drinking very heavily. Uh, mom, yep, still doing the same thing too. And so I kept doing the same thing. Um, by the time I turned 18, dad um, ended up getting a couple DUIs. And it was time for him to, you know, try to get sober. So he went to a couple... Um, Sober, what are they called? <laughs> the like the sober living areas okay. or um, rehab centers, and he just couldn't quit. So we went to AA to support him. That was my first experience um, with Alcoholics Anonymous, and I could relate to. I was eighteen, nineteen, and relating to these guys who were sixty, seventy years old and listening, and I was like. Nope. There's no way I'm an alcoholic. I'm only 19 wow, yeah. years old. Okay. But so I you're feel sitting like in I these knew. meetings or sitting in yeah. these rooms and, and kind of hearing all that, but not, not saying that applies to me too. Really. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I could resonate. Like I was yeah. like, Oh, that's happened to me. No, there's no way I'm an alcoholic. You know, oh, wow. I'm only yeah. 19. Yeah. So I think deep down I knew, mm -hmm. but I just knew I wasn't ready to give it up. So, um, yeah, dad ended up getting sober almost 12 years ago now. Okay. So, and that was, that was God. And that's a, he gives God full, um, uh, yeah, gives him all the credit for that one. Uh, he just finally asked him to take it away and, uh, he took the obsession away. So Jocelyn, Amazing. uh, yeah, it was incredible. Uh, had my daughter Jocelyn at 21 years old. Okay. And, um, I thought that, you know, maybe becoming a parent, I'd, you know, be able to, be a little more responsible and that ended up not being the case and backfiring. Um, 
I ended up in the hospital. I had a postpartum depression mm. and ended up being hospitalized for a good couple weeks there. Um, almost gave up Jocelyn, um, almost gave her up for adoption. I just really was in a dark place and didn't think that I was going to be able to come back out. Um, and to be a parent. So thankfully my dad stepped in and said, no, 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 you don't want to do that. We'll do it together. Um, and oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. For that. So yeah, now she's 13. <laughs> okay. So she's yeah. pretty much only ever known grandpa as sober. Oh yeah. And responsible. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's really cool. She just uh, hears some of the stories and she's like, granddad did that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm like, Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. So then what brought you to the what, breaking point, so to speak? Yeah. So, um, breaking point. Well, uh, going up to, let's see, it was 20, probably 2014, 2015. I was getting more and more blackout drunk. I was just, it was, it was more often, um, the weekends would come where Jocelyn would go to her dad's. And so I would, um, be excited and be like, okay, I'm ready to go to the bar and realize that, you know, I just was getting really out of hand. And the couple of times, you know, I wake up in my car somewhere I didn't know. And like, how did I get here? So that at that point I was realizing, okay, you know, I, I got to start, you know, figuring it out. So I started, you know, counting my drinks and I'll only have two if I go out. Well, that's not possible for an alcoholic. So, um, but what really did it was April 8th of 26, 2019. I wish it was 2016, <laughs> 2019. I woke up and I had a friend ask me if I had gone out the night before and like, oh, did you, where did you go last night when you got home? And I said, I didn't go anywhere. And uh, they were like, yeah check out this video. So we had a camera outside of our house or apartment and uh, took a look. And sure enough, I had gotten in that car and drove and came back and I had no recollection oh, of it. Goodness. So that's, that's what woke me up. That's what yeah. made me get on my knees that, that morning I did, I got on my knees and I, for the first time, um, you know, did truly did step one and just gave my life and told God, you know, take this obsession away before I kill myself, before I kill someone else or before Jocelyn, um, gets taken away or I end up in prison. Um, by the grace of God, I don't know how none of that has already happened, but um, God had a purpose for me. And that's what yeah. my dad had said over and over was, I don't know how, you know, you're out of jail. I don't know how, you know, you haven't died yet, um, but God has a purpose. And it took me a long time to believe that, but uh -huh. <laughs> here we are. So, wow. yeah. So when you decided that, then, I mean, that's a big decision. And, yeah. you know, as we all know, like when you make a decision like that, it's one thing to make the decision. It's another thing to manage that decision. Yeah. How did you manage that decision? Well, I, you know, first let my family know. Okay. That, hey, this is, uh, I'm done. I got to give it up. And of course they, they, took it with a grain of salt because oh, I'd said really? that before. Okay. So, um, but they were supportive, you know, they were happy to hear that. And then I had already known about the program of um, Alcoholics Anonymous. So mm -hmm. I um, looked up some meetings, got involved, um, just showed up and would just show up, you know, the very beginning of the meeting. So I didn't have to talk to anybody and I'd leave <laughs> right after the prayer. I was like, see ya. Because um, I was terrified. I didn't want to find a sponsor. I didn't want to actually work the program. I just thought if I went to meetings, that'd be, you know, enough. Mm -hmm. So I did that for... 
uh, let's see, about five months or so until I saw Celebrate Recovery on a growth group catalog at Westside. Okay. And I'd been coming to Westside since 2012, well, 2011, uh, off and on, mm -hmm. and uh, was baptized in 2012. And like you said in the message, uh, oh, when you dedicate your life and how you think things are just going to yes, fall into yeah. place. Take my pain away. Yep. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought magic <laughs> was going to happen. And so... Um, yeah, that lasted all of a couple months <laughs> and went back. Um, but yeah, so I was, must have been fall when the growth group catalog came out of 2019. Mm. And I was like, celebrate recovery. And I was reading about it. I totally thought it was an AA meeting. And so I was like, oh, what? I'm going to sign up. And I showed up with my AA book and walked in and they were worshiping. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> um, I was a little bit intimidated and scared, but I stayed. And um, now that's like my favorite part is worship. Yeah. And uh, I realized uh, sitting in that meeting, and then staying for the the small group or the breakout group with the women after, which at that point I had not had any meetings with just women before um, because I've had a rough relationships with women uh, growing up, my mom and the mm. friends and mm -hmm. wasn't good to them. So I was really scared of making uh, friends with women. So I uh, stayed for that. And Julia Jordan, the uh, ministry leader at the time, she just really uh, made me feel so comfortable and so safe along with um, a few other women there who are still there and some are not, but it was just a very unsafe environment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, and then I heard their stories and they weren't, I don't think there's only one other person there for alcohol. And I was like, Oh, okay. So there's more to this thing. Mm -hmm. I can address other, you know, hurts, habits, hangups. Um, and actually only one in three people I found out over the last, I just found this out like a few months ago, go for drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And I was like, wow, only one in three. So there's a lot of things in life there's that kind of get us all twisted. So up. many mm -hmm. things in life. And now I'm I'm working on a lot all at once, but trying to really only focus on one issue at a time. Okay. Smart. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, got involved to celebrate recovery, fell in love with that, um, but still was doing the same, showing up very, you know, right on time, leaving as soon as small group was done. Um, and after about two years, I was, I was doing it myself, you know, trying to work the program myself because I was terrified of step four okay. and making that fearless moral inventory. Okay. Like really going I through was, it. Mm -hmm. so scared. So I, I had put off getting a sponsor. I thought I could do it myself. And I was uh, Googling like, how do you do step four? And, and they're like, <laughs> get a sponsor. I'm like, no. Besides that. Besides yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had a meeting and it, was, it just happened to be, um, which I can share this because we're all leaders, uh, but Julia, myself and Andrea or Drea. And I had cried to them. I said, I don't have a sponsor and I haven't worked the steps and I don't know how to do this or who to ask. And Andrea started crying. And so she said, you know what? I've never sponsored before, mm. but I'd be willing to be your sponsor. And now we have um, a super strong relationship. She brought me through the steps of AA. I'm currently working through the Celebrate Recovery steps, but she was involved in AA also. So we walk, walked those steps together and I yeah. made it through the inventory and it was so freeing. I was so scared of something that for two years, two years it held me at back because I was so scared. Mm -hmm. And once I was able to to go through that process, it was like my heart was able just to, to open up to so much more. Um, 
yeah. And then just having God and Andrea there with me and just hearing all of it, you know, and getting all that off my chest was just really empowering and made me feel so much stronger. And then the amends and just saying sorry and Mm -hmm. actually meaning it and writing out like what I'm sorry for and to who and having people even from high school who I never thought ever would forgive me um, say, I forgive you. And I see how hard you're working on yourself. Um, You know, it's just... Uh, I just, it brought me to tears. So that was Yeah, that's amazing. scary stuff. And it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about how you took those scary steps and, and to your surprise, it, it didn't repel people. It actually brought people closer to you. Yeah. Because I think that's the biggest fear that most people have about coming clean or opening up the curtain of their life is like, oh, people are going to reject me. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel like everybody's going to like, nobody is going to accept you yeah. for who you truly are. Yeah. And that's why, you know, so many of us put on masks for so long because we don't want to, we don't want people to yeah. know. But you found the exact but opposite. I found the exact yeah. opposite. And I have an, I have such a strong support system now within, um, not only celebrate recovery, but through Westside and through growth groups and, um, I've never had like when I'm sick, I've had people like, do you need me to bring you stuff? I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm down. It's okay. (laughs) I'm not dying. Um, You know, and when Jocelyn, she just went through um, a really huge mental breakdown and um, with her consent, she allowed me to share today. Mm. She, she attempted suicide just a couple months ago. Oh wow. 13 years old um, was going through a really depressive time and her boyfriend had dumped her as her first serious boyfriend. And she just thought that was her only way out. Mm. Um, so to get that phone call, um, you know, I just, I was terrified and it was a lot of tears. I couldn't drive. (laughs) I was so, I was just a mess and I had my sponsor. I called Drea. I called her. She prayed. Uh, she was able to talk me back down and just remind me that this is part of God's plan. He's got a purpose for this. There's a reason behind it. Um, and Jocelyn now actually even within a few days after it happened said, you know what, mom, God has a plan for why this happened. And I think it's to help other teenagers Mm. going through something like this because this isn't the way. And I think he, he needed to show me that. Oh wow! So yeah, to hear that come out of my 13 year old's mouth was just incredible. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been taking, I mean, that's recent pain and, Mm -hmm. uh, just putting it more into, to purpose and to action. So, um, and then, yeah, even more recently, my mom gave me permission to share her story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, she lost her job okay. and she lives with us. She pays a big majority of our bills as far as rent and utilities, um, groceries. So we were scared and finances is one thing that I have not been able to give over to God. <laughs> and I've been struggling with for years and had finally started with the change your world was like, yes, I'm going to give, I'm going to repeatedly give and uh, eventually make it my way to tithing, but I'm going to give. And so I've been doing that. And so I was really nervous and scared when she lost her job. And I was like, okay, God, <laughs> I hear you. You're telling me I need to serve 
surrender mm. my finances to you. And she now starts a new job tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So that's exciting. Um, and within that, she realized that she has a drinking problem and she's now getting the help through Alcoholics Anonymous. And, Excellent. Um, yeah, just within three weeks, we're already seeing, you know, the light come back in her eye. She's mm. coming to church. We watch church online and she's like, he's talking to me today. <laughs> this is like a meeting. I'm like, I know. <laughs> so that's, awesome. um, that's been, I mean, it's just like coming around um, over and over with the blessings yeah. through all of this pain and all of this destruction that happened in my life. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been incredible. Yeah. It sounds like it. I mean, we, we wish that it was that magic wand, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you believe easy. in Jesus as your leader and forgiver. And all of a sudden it's like perfection, Rainbows right? and butterflies. no more trouble, but I mean, it doesn't work like that. We do still have, um, we do still have struggles. We do still have tragedy. We do yeah. still have regret. We have all of those things. How would you describe the difference now? Because, okay, so the difference is not, you have no more problems. Yeah, exactly. How do you describe the difference? Um, yeah, so the difference is not that I don't have more problems because I do. Um, yeah, this year alone, those have been two of my hardest problems yeah. of my life since I've gotten sober. And I didn't even feel like picking up a drink once. I, I just, I feel like the difference is community, that I have support, um, that I fully have trust um, in God now, mm. where before I feel like I, I kept trying to take that control back. Mm -hmm. But I've seen what he does with the tragedies and with the pain. So all the struggles and all the fires and everything he's putting me through now, I just, I know that he's going to bring me through it because he's done that over and over and over. And if yeah. he can do it for me, he can do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Incredible. Well, and I mean, we, we talked on Sunday about the, the sharing choice about how, God gives us the ability to, once we've received some measure of healing in our own journey, and, and it, he gives us the ability then to, to share our, our healing journey with somebody else. Yes. Which, if you don't know, Stephanie's doing that very actively as the co-director of our Celebrate Recovery program here at Westside. Yeah. And she gets to do this constantly, just pouring out to other people in, in you know from the healing, from the growth, yes. from God's work in your life. We're really proud of you, Stephanie. Yeah, it's been incredible. And uh, I'm actually teaching this week. So if you haven't come to Celebrate Recovery before, All right. you should show up Thursday, Thursday night, night, 7 o'clock. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, moral and uh, starting again to talk about the the inventory. And okay. that's part of why I wanted to teach this one because that was a scary step for me. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. It. So uh, if you could share some of the things you've learned, one or two of the things that you've learned from your journey with maybe somebody who's out there going, I'm at the bottom, what would you say? I would say um, reach out for help. Ask for help. Um, it seems scary, and it is scary at first, but there is resources out there to help you, whether you're struggling with um, a drug or alcohol or gambling or food or um, trust relationship issues, domestic violence. I mean, there's there's so much um, help and resources out there. You just need to ask for it. So I know it's scary, but step one for me was turning my life over to God saying, okay, I have a problem. So stop denying whatever you're going through. You're going through it. Just accept that, but then ask for help. So that, that would That's be good. my, my first two yeah, yeah. pieces of advice. Okay. Right there. How about for somebody who, ha who literally, I mean, we always joke around like asking for a friend, but what if somebody really is like, Hey, I have a friend and I'm trying to figure out how do I help them? They're, 
you know, they've gone down this downward spiral. What would be your advice for somebody like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would, I would recommend offering to go with them to get the help to the resources. Um, whether it's, yeah, like AA or celebrate recovery, just offer to go with them or even just take them there, um, and be a support for them, Mm -hmm. um, to start. Cause you don't want to, you can't enable them or you can't do their recovery for them. But if you see that they are hurting and they're really struggling, just offer the resources that you know of and, um, say, I'm, I'm willing to walk this journey with you and help you get the help that you need. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing today. Oh, of course. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening and watching and want to and just encourage you for a couple of things. One is we always say this: Would you subscribe and share? Because we we want to get the positive messages, you know, this encouragement out to as many people as possible. Yes, yeah, share. And share, so share. yeah, subscribe, share, and then secondly, stop by a Westside service. We would love to see you some weekend. You can do that in two ways. One would be online, and you can find out all you need to know at westsidecommunitychurch.com. And a second way would be literally pop by in person at our campus in the Portland, Oregon area on a Sunday. We would love to see you there and we hope you have an awesome week.